Today's guest on the Do Zone podcast has stood within inches of some of the greatest sports figures in history, and he's going to share with us how he accidentally started a very successful business. Are you an entrepreneur who's looking for motivation, strategy, and tactical guidance on taking your business to the next level? Do you like surrounding yourself with action takers who know what it takes to win? If so, you're in the right place. My name is Josh Thomas, and I'm your host. Join me as I speak with some of the greatest business minds on the planet. Welcome to the Do Zone. Desire is a contract you make with yourself to be unhappy until you get what you want. Naval Ravikant. DZ Tribe, Josh Thomas, glad to have you. Be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple or Spotify. This podcast is brought to you by Unbreakable Teams. If you're an entrepreneur who's trying to level up your business, but you keep getting stuck putting out fires, we can help. We'll show you how to triple your productivity without additional expenses so you can crush your goals and buy back your time. To learn more about how we can help you and your people dominate the next 12 months, head over to unbreakableteams.com. Once again, that's unbreakableteams.com. Today's guest is Mr. Howie Zales. Howie is an Emmy award-winning camera operator with 25 years experience shooting broadcast sports at the highest network level. He turned his love of television into several entrepreneurial ventures. Howie, welcome to the Do Zone. Say what's up to the tribe and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Hey, Josh, thanks for having me. Grateful to be here. Uh, hello to everyone out there. Uh, so the key to getting things done for me is staying in my lane, staying, you know, just doing the three to 5% uh, that I'm good at or my genius zone in the business. And I leave the rest to my, uh, the team who's way smarter than I am. <laughs> well said. And so I'm curious, use the, the, that three to 5%, there's, there's a lot to that where as entrepreneurs, when we start off, we feel like we have to wear all of the hats mm -hmm. and then the better we get, the more hats that we shed. And then at the end, we're only doing a couple of things. So t tell me a little bit more about that three to 5% for you. Yeah. So I I'm, I'm not a good writer. So I, 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 if it's like an important email or something, I pass that off. Uh, I'll proofread what the person uh, writes to make sure it's what I want to say, but I, I don't write any important emails that have to go out because I'm not trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, uh, you know um organization uh and and spreadsheets is not my thing uh, i'm a i'm a salesperson i'm the face of the companies uh i'm who the clients want to speak to but when it comes to like running the day-to-day -day parts of each of our businesses we we have someone that's in charge of that and uh they're the go-to person in in each of those businesses got it and you know i've i've seen so many businesses and entrepreneurs struggle because they're trying to do too many things and it can kind of it can kind of break down uh, as as gino wickman would put it in rocket fuel he breaks it down into the visionary and the integrator and so you have somebody that creates the ideas that builds the relationships that fosters those and then you have the other person that 
that puts it all into play and makes it happen. Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of like a binary. I'm one or the other, but there are so many other roles, uh, as you mentioned, that we can occupy. If we're a salesperson, if we're great at sales, let's focus on sales. If you're great at operations and you're great at putting things together, let's focus on that. If you know how to craft a message that is compelling to someone else, let's focus on that. Um, so you mentioned that you're great at sales. You're not so great at the operations. Uh, and also, I, I think I remember you saying that at one point in the past, you never even really considered yourself an entrepreneur. So how did this even start? No, uh, I, I spent 20 something years traveling with uh, NBC Sports and the World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE, as a camera operator. But I always had this business, uh, HJZ Productions, uh, on the side since 2000, literally simultaneously the entire time. And that business, we would hire sports and entertainment TV crews for sports and entertainment events. So the same type of thing that I was doing, but we were hiring, uh, the client would call and say, we need five camera people, a bunch of audio people, so on and so forth. We would send one invoice and then we'd payroll everyone. Well, those, you know, just few shows a month grew to a lot of shows, grew to union contracts in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and grew to union contracts nationwide. And, um, you know, just a few years ago, my wife said, you, you, you know, you don't need to be traveling as Howie Zales, the camera operator. You need you need a mindset change. And I hired a business coach and uh, I made um, the business HJZ Productions uh, the primary focus of my professional career. So I was now I made the mindset change to become an entrepreneur who did some camera work on the side and I kind of, kind of, you know, slowly phased out the camera work. Nice. That's awesome, by the way. And so you basically had a side gig that turned into this giant business and either you didn't know or didn't notice or, or weren't focused on it. It sounds like, is that, is, am I hearing that right? Yeah, I guess, you know, I, I, I never had a full-time job. I was always a freelancer or an independent contractor. And there's a certain mindset with that, with a, being an independent contractor. You only, you only make money when you work, right? So there, there was always a fear, a slight fear there that if I'm not working, I'm not generating enough income. But I never really looked at the income that the business was generating. And um, I didn't need... We found, we did the math. We found that I didn't need to be making that money that I was making from uh, camera work because it was killing me. I was traveling four times a week, uh, early mornings, uh, late, late nights, not a lot of sleep. So, of course, you always need, you know, you never want to turn away money, but it was like killing me to make that money. Right. Yeah. And then plus, because you were doing the WWE where people like, like slamming chairs over your back while you're in the camera. And... <laughs> no, but I, I had my fair share of uh, hospital visits with concussions from the football field and stuff like that. So absolutely. Okay. Nobody, nobody ever DDT the cameraman or anything. No, no. <laughs> I definitely left bloody a few times by accident, but uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. And so are there, uh, are there any kind of memorable, you know, just just curious because I know a lot of my a lot of my listeners are huge sports fans. They might be wrestling fans. Okay. Were there were there any 
were there any special moments that you that, like s- memories of you being right there in the middle of the action that really stand out to yeah, you? Yeah, no, great questions. Um, like I said, I, I worked with NBC for over 20 years. Um, I did a lot of Olympics. I, I was the camera operator that took Michael Phelps out of the pool before anyone really even knew who he was when he first when he won his first gold medals in Greece. Uh, I was right down there with him when he came out of the pool. And then with the U.S. women gymnastics teams, when they won their gold medals in Beijing and in London, I was a handheld camera, one of the handheld camera operators with them when they won. Um, those are pretty exciting events, uh, with Bob Baffert when he won the triple crown. Um, just, just, just name a few and plenty of Super Bowls with the winning quarterback, uh, you know, when they, when they would win. Yeah. That's awesome. And you were just, you were just right there, right up in the action. Yeah. 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 That is so cool. And just like landmark moments in sports. Um, were there, were there any moments where do you ever interact with the athletes at all? Or were you just yeah. kind of bystander? Absolutely. A, a lot of the, um, athletes, especially the Olympians, we kind of watched them grow up because we, I've done a lot of Olympics and, you know, they started out a young age and we've watched them through several Olympics. So absolutely. Um, and, uh, doing lots of seasons of football, I would, you know, meet quarterbacks in college, go to the, I would always shoot the combine every year, shoot the senior bowl and the NFL scouting combine. And then all of a sudden see him on the NFL sidelines in the next few years. So, you know, right. stories like that. That's cool. And, and, you know, it's really interesting to get your perspective on this because uh, you know, as, as a spectator, as a fan, uh, a lot of times we really take for granted the work that goes into presenting that visual performance that, that, that we're enjoying, you know, on our TVs and that's right. you, you're the artist. Uh, and nobody hardly ever thinks, I mean, sometimes they're like wearing green shirts. They blend in with the field. I can't even see the guy, you know? Yeah. So, uh, what would you say, uh, in your 20 years of experience in trying to capture this kind of visual spectacle of professional sports, what would you say would be some of the kind of secrets or tips or strategies of uh, a production team to really represent this whatever's happened all this action and represent it and and put it into the tv good question it's it's not just showing up a few hours before the game and getting in front of your or behind your camera and you know pointing it at what's going on uh let's take football for example if you're doing uh cameras one two and three up top the left center and right side of the field depending which team has the ball and which direction the ball is going in is what you and where the ball is located is what your responsibility is so uh if you're the camera on the left and the ball is between the goal line and the 30 your game action which means uh wide receiver to wide receiver quarterback to you know, defensive end, you got everybody. Um, And then if you're the other two cameras, depending, you may have a slot, the two slot receivers or the slot receiver uh, or both receivers. Uh, If you're the cart camera, you have the quarterback. So it all depends on who has the ball, where it's going and which direction the ball is moving in. Yeah. And then, so if it, 
obviously the field position changes and then your roles change and you have to, you have to be aware of that constantly. Yes. There's usually one, uh, person, uh, one camera operator that calls the role changes. Um, we call them game plans, game plan one, game plan two, game plan three, then four, five, and six are when the ball is going the opposite direction. So there's usually, it's usually the person who's operating camera two in the middle on the shows that I've been on, uh, he or she would call the change in plan. But if you're doing a handheld camera on the field, you're kind of like, you kind of left to your own devices in the sense, um, yeah. I try would not always to get, play, try not to get hammered, you know, like, like smashed. Try not to get right. I would always play, uh, 10 yards in front of the ball. But, um, if the ball was in the, in, in the bench zone, you're not allowed to go in the, you know, the bench area, um, where the team is. So you have to either be behind or in front. So once in a while I'd stay behind just in case there was a linebacker coming at the quarterback for a good replay, if he would get sacked or then I go in front of the ball. And then once the ball hits a certain area, I go into the goal. You know, I have my routine, my uh, plan of attack, depending where the ball was. That's awesome, man. I, I love it. I, I, I love this unique perspective that we don't often get a chance to, to be exposed yeah. to like how, not only, not only how do you capture that, but, but what is the art and the choreography of capturing that so that we can enjoy it? that's really, well, and you know, the, the announcers are telling a story with their words and mm -hmm. we're telling the story uh, with pictures supporting what they're saying, because we could hear what the announcers are saying. So if they're talking about, you, you know, a, a certain player on the field, we're, you know, hunting for that player on the field to okay. show what they're talking about. Got it. You're the, uh, yeah. And so, have, I mean, have you, okay. This is the question everybody wants to know though. Okay. Have you ever operated the kiss cam? No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so do you, Oh, one question, a legit question. So sometimes sure. they do have like a, uh, fan shots, like, uh, candid shots in the stadium. Like, is there any rhyme or reason to that? Or are you just looking for like interesting things uh, to show like the guy wearing the banana suit or something like that? Or is that just like, Hey man, somebody camera two, you gotta, you gotta get this guy. He's dressed like a pickle. Yeah. No, uh, we're, we're looking to tell a story. So if there's yeah. drama going on and, you know, fans are, you know, like praying, right. You know, praying for a play, we'll shoot that. Or if there's a great reaction, uh, so we're just trying to tell the story of what's going on. That makes a lot of sense. You're, you're, you're crafting a narrative mm -hmm. with the shots that you grab. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, awesome. You know, the director in the truck is the, he or she might say, you know, Hey, I need this shot. Uh, or, uh, you know, and if you're at the level that we were at the direct, you're traveled because the director knows and can rely on your ability and doesn't even have to tell you what to shoot. So you just know if that makes sense. It makes total sense. It's, it's one of those kind of uh, extra sensory type of things where you've yeah. been in that zone so many times where like, okay, this is the moment where we've got to capture, you know, the tension of the crowd. Yeah. Like, for example, right. If um, the ball is completely on the other side of the field, I'm nowhere near it but it looks like there's going to be a touchdown. I'll stay with the cheerleaders. So the touchdown happens. 
you know, they cut to the hero shot of the person that scored the touchdown. Then they cut to me with the cheerleaders going crazy. Right. So it's all on thinking what you can, how you can contribute to the production based on where you are on the field. I have, I have one more question for you and we're getting into the do's on diagnostic, but before that, I I have to ask if just first thing that pops in your mind, what, in your opinion, was the best shot you've ever gotten? Best shot I've ever gotten. Put you on the spot, man. (laughs) The best shot, like the most memorable, meaningful, like this was a perfect moment and I was in the perfect right place. Maybe even something we would remember, or maybe even something. Yeah, there there was a few. um, You know, uh, Michael Phelps coming out of the pool for the first time when he won his first gold medal. Uh, I was with uh, no one else was around. uh, Peyton Manning when he won his first Super Bowl. uh, You know, when the clock stopped, I was right there. Uh, So just nice, just for two examples. I love it. I love it. And you were just, you were just right there at that moment. That's so cool. Yeah. 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 Great. Well, Hey, we're going to get into the do zone diagnostic here. It's just five quick questions sure. uh, to dig into that uh, beautiful noggin of yours that you have and see how you operate. You ready? Yeah, sure. Awesome. Number one, what's one thing you do, Howie, that keeps you focused on your goals? Yeah. One thing I, I do to keep me focused on my goals is uh, before I go to sleep at night, I write down the three or four things, most important things I want to get done the next day. Okay. Awesome. I love it. And number two, how do you get back on track when you lose that focus? Uh, maybe I go out for a walk, uh, just get away from the business for a second, clear my head, no matter what it is. Or if there's a problem, I talk to my wife, who's also my business partner, partner about it. Excellent. And aside from your wife, who is your support group and how do they keep you accountable? Uh, close, close friends within the industry. Nice. And, uh, so Howie, uh, you've been through a lot of things. You've solved a lot of problems. How do you approach a difficult project that you're not quite sure how to complete? I, <laughs> Well, when I started my second company, Veridity Entertainment, we had started it to be something else than what it has become now. Uh, We started right before the pandemic began, and then the pandemic started, and we needed to pivot, and I got into live streaming. Um, I didn't know too much about it. Um, A client called and said, hey, we need to interview nine Major League Baseball players in nine separate cities but the only hitch is the interviewer has to be completely remote. She cannot leave her home. I'm like, and my client said, can you do that? I said, yes, of course, without a doubt. <laughs> and I called my wife. I said, I have no freaking idea how we're going to do this. <laughs> so I leaned into the network who with, to the people that, like I said, are smarter than I am. We collaborated and, um, you know, the beginning of our second company, Veridity Entertainment Services, really took off with live streaming when I kind of leaned into my network of uh, people. Wow, that's great. That's a great story and it's a great answer, man. And uh, last question, uh, what is the number one pro tip that you would give to someone looking to get more stuff done in less time? Yeah, farm farm things out. Um, like, uh, uh, currently we're looking to scale our business, uh, with contacts and new 
clients. So we farmed out like a lead generation and, and sales. Uh, I, cause we have two businesses. I don't have time to be, you know, doing everything. So we farmed that out. And when it looks like it's possibility of a new client is when then I come into the, the mix. So farming things out that you don't have time to do or that you're not good at. Awesome. And so tell me a little bit about, uh, you said you have two different businesses, uh, which, which one of them, uh, which one of them brought you here onto this podcast? Tell me a little bit about that. I I'm curious the the one that, the one that just kind of started happening, like on a whim that even ended up taking over as a, as a full-time thing for you. I'm, I'm curious about that. Tell me more. Yeah. So that first business I started in 2000, um, HJZ Productions, we, where we staff sports and entertainment events. A good friend of mine uh, called and said, hey, are you available? And this was back in 2000. Are you available to do I Miss in the Morning? Uh, the, I Miss in the Morning was a radio talk show host, and they would shoot his uh, radio show from MSNBC in New Jersey. Once in a while, they'd take I Miss on the road. Um, so in this instance, they were doing his show remotely from, I forget where the location was, my friend Brian said, hey, are you available to do camera? And I said, sure. And he said, hey, do you have some friends? I need some more camera people, some audio people. And I said, sure, I could find find people. And he said, can you make it easy on me? Send me one invoice for everybody and you pay them. And I said, sure, why not? And so and it I began. Said, <laughs> and I said, there's got to be a business behind that, right? So that, took, that launched HJZ Productions. And originally we started Veridity Entertainment in 2019 to kind of work alongside and with HJZ Productions, where we would do the payroll for our clients that were traveling in TV crews. So for example, like when Showtime comes to town with a boxing match, they'll call me and HJZ Productions to provide the local crew, but they're also traveling in 30 or 40 people as part of the production. And we said, let us handle all the travel people as well through a separate business because they wouldn't be union, but we'll train them in workers, you know, work workplace safety. We'll tra train them in workplace harassment. So the burden is not on Showtime. And mm. so that was the original idea. Then the pandemic happened, shut everything down. And then I, I, you know, got to my network. I read a lot of, uh, read a lot, watched a lot of videos. And that's how I got into live streaming and Veridity really took off with the, with live streaming. Wow. That's uh, cool. So, all so different sorts of productions. And so you launched a business with one thing in mind, pandemic happens and you have to make a complete shift. And you're going in a different direction. And as you mentioned earlier, you you leaned into your network. Well, of course we can do that. I don't know how we do this. That's like that's like the classic entrepreneur like conundrum. Like I'm presented with an opportunity. It is not at all what I wanted to do with this, but this is what I got. I got to roll with it. Yeah, and that's cool. I had no and and to tell you how we did it you know to we were going we were interviewing baseball players every week whether they were in their hotel rooms uh clubhouses or in their houses we came up with these computer capture kits or contributor kits high-end gaming laptops with uh high-def cameras professional usb microphones um ethernet cables ring lights and we came up with a qr code on how to put it together and the our host had the same equipment in her her house 
and we had uh, all of we use a couple, uh, program called vmix which is a streaming software which lives in our aws amazon web services instance clouds and we have a lot of people that work on our productions but they all work remotely and we can all do each other's job and the beauty of working in the cloud is if i lose power or internet at my house the show still continues because it's happening in the cloud mm, right and so, well, you, you hit on something interesting there. So you got a baseball player who's sitting in his house. And so if I understand correctly, you're going to mail him the equipment. It's already, yep. the software is already loaded up. The equipment's already there. There's a QR code that goes to a video or something that says, plug this in here, plug this in here, hit this button yep. and we're live. And literally, so it's, and it tells them how to set the computer up, where to plug each thing in on the side of the computer. And then as soon as the computer hits the internet, because it's our computer, I get a notification. I can dial, log into the computer over the internet, focus the camera, change the color temperature of the camera, yeah. white balance the camera. Um, wow. and so it's a professional looking broadcast, not like when someone is on the news and the books behind them are in focus and their eyes are out of focus. That drives me crazy. Um, so, <laughs> cameraman, cameraman yeah. issues that like most of us probably won't even notice, but yeah, I get it. Exactly. Okay. That's awesome. And so, uh, where, where would somebody go to learn more or, or actually who would be, who would be an ideal candidate to engage your live streaming service? Yeah, it's, oh, and and anyone that wants, you know, people that do podcasts that want to do them video to have them professionally done. Um, we do a lot of, now we do a lot of in-person or hybrid corporate events. So big and small companies uh, alike that, you know, do fireside chats or LinkedIn lives or just want to talk to their investors or their employees that are you know, in different parts of the world, instead of flying everyone to one location, we can now just have a few people in a room and stream a, a company-wide meeting globally in all different languages. Okay, nice. That's really cool, man. And so where where would somebody go who's interested in that? Where would they go to learn more and engage and connect with you? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn at Howard Zales or uh, our website, veridityentertainment.com. That's V-I-R-I-D-I-T-Y entertainment.com. Uh, and all of our websites are at uh, howiezales.com. So you can get to Veridity's website through uh, howiezales.com as well. All right, cool. And Veridity, that's an interesting, that's an interesting name. Uh, is there a history or uh, etymology behind it? Yeah, there's a good story behind it. Uh, I went to a bunch of masterminds, uh, mastermind events, and um, one of the masterminds I went to, they talk, they talked about how when things are going well in business and life, uh, and you react very quickly and you get very happy very quickly, it's called being in the blue zone. When things okay. go bad. Uh, and you react very quickly and you get very angry very quickly. It's called being in the red zone. And if you stay kind of even keeled, no matter what the situation, that's called being in the green zone. And that's describes my personality. So when I came home from this event, I told my wife all about it. We were, this is when Veridity was starting to, you know, we we're ready to 
you know, find a name for the business. And we didn't want to, we, so we wanted to find a word that meant green, but we didn't want it to mean money. And so it wouldn't sound obnoxious. So we got a thesaurus out and found the word veridity, which means the state of being, the state of being green. Uh, and then entertainment services kind of just flowed with it. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, thesaurus.com is my <laughs> go-to, that is my go-to resource for creativity and coming up with branding ideas. Yeah. Like I, I have an idea, but this is too basic. I need something a little more unique and several iterations of, uh, of synonyms later, I got, I got my answer. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, I love that. Thank you. So Howie Zales, the state of being green. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. Well, hey, I really appreciate you uh, coming on here, Howie. Any, any any quick words of wisdom here for our audience before we wrap up? I appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, feel free to contact us. Uh, we offer 10% off your first production with uh, with our company. Uh, so feel free to contact us if, if you need our services. Awesome. Well, hey, we're going to wrap up from here. Thanks so much to our guest, Howie Zales for joining us and sharing some wisdom about how he gets stuff done. You can connect with him directly by going to howiezales.com or viridityentertainment.com. That's V-I-R-I-D-I-T-Y, entertainment.com. He's also on LinkedIn at Howard Zales. So don't forget to be in the state of being green. Once again, if you want to keep hearing great content like this, be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple or Spotify. And remember, if you run a small business, and you could use a significant boost in productivity this year for less than it costs to take your team out to lunch. We got your back. Visit unbreakableteams.com to learn more. Until next time, remember, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours? Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe on Apple or Spotify. Share this episode with a friend. Screenshot it and add it to your Instagram stories. Smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever works best for you. If you're looking to crush your goals this year and level up your team, we're here to help. To learn more about how our scientifically backed process can increase your company's productivity by up to 300%, head over to unbreakableteams.com. That's unbreakableteams.com. 